The following program contains themes and images that may not be suitable for most audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Panda Pig Inc. Rate, review, and subscribe. And now we're going on to true crime. Ooh, what you got today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. True crime. All right. So uh, the next you few have episodes. have a slideshow? No, no slideshow. Oh, okay. With this one. I'll just show you the pictures of the people later, but it's not. Okay. Like, if I have a ton of pictures, I feel like, like, last week I only had one picture, so it just kind of feels pointless to do a slideshow. It's so, like, fine, because then I'm just staring at their faces, and I'm like, this is kind of creepy. Yeah, so, like, if I have <laughs> more pictures that, like, work with it, you know, then I'll show you pictures. Or it also depends on if I have enough time to put pictures together, you that know? Works. Yeah. This this time I don't, but the next uh, few uh, crimes that I have are a bit more forensic-based, and by that I mean I watched some Forensic Files episodes and read some different articles. Um, <laughs> so this episode, um, let's get started. So is this a Forensic Files case? Yes, this is a Forensic <laughs> Files case. You love this Forensic is, Files this cases. This is the third episode of Forensic Files, and I can't remember the name of it. But... Season one? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, okay. Yeah, so Oklahoma City, July 1st, 1992. A 42-year-old Karen Campano has recently returned home after visiting her children in New York. Uh, she lived with her third husband, 27-year-old Chris Campano. Wait, how old is she? 42. And her husband is 27. All right, girl. Yeah. So Chris you is... cougar that so, ass. So Chris's mother was good, oh. was good friends with Karen. And Chris's, oh. Chris's mother set Karen and Chris up. What? Your face. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, they've been married for five years, meaning that when Karen was 37 and Chris was 23, 22, they got married. Excuse me? Yeah. Let that marinate. She was how old? 36? 36 or 37. Whatever 42 I mean, minus 5 is. 43, 41, 40, 39, 30, 38. No, 30. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. I mean, like, it's... If it's the other way around where it was a woman who was in her early 20s marrying, mm -hmm. like, a 38-year-old man, I guess. Mm -hmm. But still, it, it falls in line where if this were, like, it's the whole maturity thing, okay? It's mm -hmm. the maturity thing. Mm -hmm. oh, so, uh, Karen worked as a bill collector, and Chris is kind of a drifter, you know. Um, a drifter? But worked as, like, a construction worker. Like a drifter. Like, he didn't always have a job kind of a thing. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, June 30th um, rolls around. And the... Same year? Yeah. Oh, I put okay. in the date weird. So, just ignore that date. But it's 1992, okay. Oklahoma, June 30th. 
The neighbors heard Karen and Chris arguing, which they've heard them arguing before. Uh, Chris ended up saying that they argued over his drug use and that Karen left after the argument to calm down while Chris went to a convenience store and then the local bar um, and came home at midnight. When Chris came home, Karen wasn't there um, and she wasn't there when he woke up. So in the morning, he calls her office to see if she showed up to work, but she didn't. So then Chris calls the police. So... Um, when the police arrive and, uh, looked around at the home, they don't really get an indication that Karen, like, ran away. All of her things are still there, you know, clothes, credit cards, you know, all that good stuff. She just happens to be missing. Mm-hmm. And three days later, uh, the landlord called and, uh, cause Chris said they had a burglary, uh, a couple days later. And the landlord called the police to report the burglary and the owner of the rental property was going to come and evict the Campanos, um, but they found the house was open, the washing machine on, the dryer on, the refrigerator missing. And Chris says that the items disappeared while he was out looking for his wife. Um, he said he believed the burglars entered the home by prying the bars from the window open of a utility room. But the police found screws that held the bars together were removed from the inside and that the bars were still inside the house so he's it's so not sus he totally sense. did it he totally did it so chris you know mentions that the house was robbed and he agrees to have the police search the home and when they go into the master bedroom they find a trash bag by the bed and a large stain on the carpet and how this... you gonna kill your wife's best <laughs> or your mom's best friend aka your wife <laughs> And so the stain was shown to be blood, and it was still wet when the forensics team examined it. Bro, what? Mm-hmm. So obviously Chris is their main suspect. Obviously. For sure. Like, what do you do? Just kill her for a few couple of days? Left that blood? Just see? Like, Bruh. you know, it... You just needed to soak that carpet a bit. It, Apparently. It, so Chris, like... Chris says he doesn't know anything about Karen's death. But when the police interviewed the bartender that Chris said he was at the bar, he says he doesn't remember seeing Chris there. And the morning that Karen disappeared, he pawned off some of her jewelry. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so the forensic team... He's not a good liar. <laughs> no. He's, he's a youngin', you know? I mean, he's That's older true. than we are now, but still. How you gonna kill your mom's best friend? <clears throat> A.K.A. your wife. <laughs> so the forensic team goes back to the house at night and they use luminol um, to show the presence of blood. So they put it everywhere. They take photographs of the rooms with the lights off, with the black light on, and with the regular lights on. So that they can see kind of the pathway of where all the blood is the blood to kind of get the went. full story of what happened. Yeah. So um, when they do that... Blood is literally everywhere. Like, it's The man on... went on a stabbing, like... <laughs> it's swiped against walls. It's on the floor. The man was like, I don't want to... I don't want an older woman no more. It's on the ceiling. It's on the doors. He was so, probably on drugs. He was so, probably on drugs. So blood splatter evidence tells the story that someone in that room was beaten with, like, a blunt objects. 
and that and that the body was drugged through the house and out the back steps on the driveway like there's a smear all the way down to the driveway um and then it stops so drove it away huh he drove it away Mm-hmm. So they. He didn't so, bother cleaning any of this. Or no, they, they just did. found it with so the black he did, light. He did clean it. They just found it with the black light. It just wasn't that carpet that he decided to clean. He let yeah. that blood soak. Yeah. He wanted much. it marinating that carpet. You know? <laughs> he what? he wanted he wanted to change carpet colors. Like what in the Clearly. world? Clearly. So they did a measurement test on the carpet stain to see like how much blood is in that stain because they still don't have her body so essentially they have to prove that she's dead so by looking at the blood stain they see that it's about 1300 to 1400 cc's of blood meaning that that blood stain is more than 40 percent of her blood meaning that she would not have survived losing that much blood meaning that so she laid there for a while no she was maybe she laid there for a while or maybe that blood came out really quickly because of how severely she was beaten but she's definitely in that spot where enough blood was able to leave her body yes yeah and so to verify to verify that the blood belonged to um karen they reach out to the fbi and her father's passed away, so they've got to verify on both sides of her DNA. Because, you know, you get 50 from your dad, 50 from your mom. So they pull blood samples between Karen's mother, her sisters, her three children. And they pull in the ex-husband, um, her one of her ex-husbands, to check the DNA against. Just to kind of prove that she is the person. Like, there's no chance of her being some other person. Oh, man, that's also crazy. Imagine you got kids that are probably the same age as your husband. What? Right. Right. Bro. So, so obviously, Chris is arrested. <laughs> the police yeah. is, the police scenario, they believe that Chris stood near a window, uh, hit Karen on the head, and that she fell and hit her head on the bedpost and uh, leaving blood and, and residue there that confirmed to be her and that um she you know fell to the ground and that uh chris wrapped her body up in a bed sheet and tied it up with a telephone wire and that he you know dragged her out in the night to some deserted location and then returned back to the house to clean i thought he was gonna do like more hitting and more Stabbing. Well, clearly so he hit her, but everywhere. they don't. They he clearly beat her, and she fell to the ground, hit her head, and probably beat her some more. And I kind of get to that when we get to his statements. Um, but he Gross. didn't stab her; he beat her. He beat How that much rude. blood out of her. I mean, I mean, obviously, that's so rude. Clearly, How you gonna do that, bro. The rudest, the, the absolute rudest. You know. If you don't want to date someone that's the same age as your mom, then why you date her? Well, Dang. if you don't want to marry her, then don't marry her. Yeah. So, um, so after what is Chris, it insurance? You get free insurance. You get uh, so like you, if you take out an insurance policy on somebody and they are, you know, d- die in a certain way, you can get a payout. 
for their supposed yeah. to be for like their funeral costs and different things like that. Because when yeah. you take out that big of a of an insurance policy, you have to pay for that month to month. So the idea with these people is they take out a big fat insurance policy and then kill them. So that way they're not paying that insurance policy for a while and then they get the payout. And that's the scam. What the fuck? But I don't think that was the scenario. So I think he was on drugs and he yeah. just got angry. <clears throat> so the problem that law enforcement faced is that they don't have a murder weapon or Karen's body. So at the at the time of the preliminary hearing, and the preliminary hearing is where they go over the evidence of the case. So mm. you'll have like uh, an arraignment, then you'll have a preliminary hearing, then you'll have a sentencing. I mean, sorry, then you'll have a trial and then you'll have a sentencing. So at the time of the preliminary hearing, early stages, um, Karen's body is found. Uh, it's in a remote field off the interstate, and some young, some young gentlemen riding dirt bikes, dirt, dirt bikes, <laughs> um, found her laying by co- a cottonwood tree with the bed sheets wrapped around her. So. Underneath her body, they end up finding a piece of a check from a Shell oil company to New York. Um, Obviously, Karen's from New York. She's got family who works in that oil company. So it's just kind of further confirmation that it's her. So when he was wrapping her up, that piece of paper must have been on the floor or on the bed and got wrapped up with her. So it's just further evidence that this is Karen, you know, and they came from Karen's house. So, um... What the fuck? They confirm that it's her from dental records and DNA. um, And the autopsy pretty much confirms the prosecution's theory. The state medical examiner said that Karen had 15 skull fractures, three broken ribs, according to the autopsy results. 15 skull fractures? Yes, ma'am. He beat her head in. He, he was like, if I ain't going to kill you, I want to make sure you got brain damage. Yeah. So in 1994, when Chris went on trial, uh, the defense clearly seeing that Chris, you know, did the do, um, they instead to argue that the attack wasn't premeditated. So they're not going to argue that he killed her. They're just going to argue that he didn't do it in a premeditated way. I think he was on drugs still. Mm-hmm. So Chris says that he was remorseful. Um, he says that he grabbed her, threw her on the floor, striking her several times in the head with his fists. He told the police that he also banged her head on the floor. Um, he stopped hitting her after he saw a large pool of blood and a large gash on her right temple. Um, he told detectives that he then left the house. That was the last time he saw his wife. And he cleaned up the blood, poured bleach throughout the house, and claimed that his wife tried to stab him with a hypodermic syringe and started scratching him and hitting him, and that that's why he attacked her. But he says that he's remorseful and that he loves her and misses her. You know. Um, huh? <laughs> so basically, you're right. He's still on drugs because that's something that they argued about a lot. And he's claiming that she went after him with a syringe, and that's why he attacked her. Like, he's trying to say, like, it was, it was, she instigated the altercation. But, dude, you beat and smashed her head into the floor, you know? 
Like you That's you how he shows her, his love. You know. Um the fuck? And Chris's mother essentially testified against him, saying that Chris and Karen had a stormy relationship and that uh quote, I tried to talk to Karen out of the relationship with Chris because they weren't good for one another. She also testified that Chris used cocaine and that he and his wife frequently quarreled. So he uh his mother makes poor decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So How he, are you gonna hook your son up with your friend, mm-hmm. but you know he has a drug problem. Mm-hmm. You don't even want to help him, but you leave him in the hands of your best friend. And yep. He's like, oh, it's your problem now. Yep. Um, and he gets sentenced to a thousand years in prison. It's probably a thousand fists that he felt like he had. Mm-hmm. And that is the case of Karen Campano. I can't with these people. I can't. What? Mm-hmm. That's how he shows his love? Are you kidding me? Well, when you're... <sighs> on it's, drugs. It's tough because a lot of people on drugs don't beat the crap out of their uh, out of their family members. But at the same time, oh, it definitely affects is... you. What the hell? You don't know? do drugs, kids. What Don't do heck? drugs. Don't do I, drugs. I, no. Just Georgina, no. Georgina, no. Why would you ugh. Yeah. I can't. It's, it is I just, a crazy episode, dude. But what, it's like he didn't even try to hide it. He he tried to hide it at the beginning. Like he was so sloppy too. So it's just like, what did you expect? That's, to happen, that's how bro? you know he was on drugs. Yeah. He was so sloppy on trying to hide it. So he didn't even bother to clean the biggest stain. He pawned off her jewelry the next day. Like, dude. And he probably like he did it to, off, to buy he drugs. He cleaned off, like, the outside and stuff, but he didn't even bother to clean the biggest stain, which is the giant right. blob of Right, or blo- to, like, cut like, out the carpet or something. You know, like that Bones episode where someone, like, carved out the carpet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, What? Oh, yeah. So what is your correlation with this to that one? The bedpost. It was tough to find one for this one because there was a couple of different directions I wanted to go in. But I part it of, was the bedpost. Yeah, part of the forensics was finding her blood on the bedpost and the injury that she got, part, one of the fractures and injuries that she got to her skull from her head falling on the bedpost. And I was then, actually surprised that you weren't going to go into detail uh, to how this Bones episode was related to um, a gang incident in California, the real life situation. Yeah, it's tough to do, uh, to, to see what I wanted to do with this one. Um, I was kind of short on time, so I didn't oh, really good. look too deep into a couple of different cases. This one was still good. I'm just mind blown. Like, bro, why would you? I have so many questions for this man, but I don't want to ask him. He, I just, I just know. You know, he's actually featured in the episode. Um, Yikes. Where, like, from prison, obviously, where he provides, Yikes. you know, information saying that, you know, he did it. He was, he was obviously wrong, but that he was really on drugs. Yikes. You know. Big yikes. Yeah. 
it's tough. I figured um, with the last two episodes, I did kind of more inspiration from the general theme of the episode. So with okay. this one, I thought I'd go back to forensics. And okay. uh, th- You did th- bedpost, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Made a lot of sense. That was a very big point in the episode. Yes. And in the um, for the next episode, I do kind of both, where it's forensics and very related to how the actual murder goes down in the episode. Well, so damn. I'm excited right. about the next one because I got well, some I crazy look- details for you. I look forward to getting mm-hmm. my mind blown. The like next right now, episode, my mind is blown. yeah, I mean, it's a it's We're a tough one it. because a good chunk of murders are pe- spouses killing each other, which That's is so crazy. It's horrible. It's so funny how people are like, "Why would you divorce?" Or you don't believe in divorce? I'm like, well, "Would you rather divorce or leave, or you want them dead? Which one?" You might as well divorce or leave instead of killing them. I can't imagine wanting, like, I guess there are very few scenarios where I could imagine wanting an ex actually dead. And usually in these scenarios, when the ex, it's not the ex who is in the wrong that gets dead. It's the ex who's in the wrong who does the killing. So I just... I just don't get it. You know? I don't either. Um, but, Anyways, But guys. the next the next episode is The Man on the Fairway. Episode 14. Episode 14. So, be ready, guys. It's coming up. Um, let us know what you guys thought of this episode this week. We'll um, also listen to see how this recording turned out, and we'll make the adjustments for sure. <laughs> yes, so we're we're working on it, um, and then we're going to record this coming week's episode and just keep on going, and we're chugging along till the end of the first season. Yep, and like we said, we'll have a little break and, you know, catch up on some stuff, mm-hmm. have a little surprise, we'll, you know, roll with it, yep. and then we'll We'll come at you with season two, and it'll be dope. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Later. Later. Bye-bye. Bye. Next week, come the heart and the bones. Puffballs. I'm going to play Gaia online this weekend. Okay, have fun. I'm going to find myself in it.